I think a lot of mistakes people make when they're filming in their own location is they, and I still see it actually, I'm surprised it's not died out. They'll think, oh, we've got a plain white wall. Yeah. We'll stand right next to the plain white no. wall. And, it, and it's like the corporate version of uh, taking a photo of your kid by the door on their first day of school. The door's better. It's the door, door's better. Welcome back to the very seventh episode of the very second season of Brightcast. And we're in seventh heaven because we're joined by Dan. Hey, hello. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, Dan takes care of a, pretty much all of our production and it sets up this beautiful podcast yeah. each week. But he also keeps just finding random gear. It, it feels like we're playing a computer game and Dan has like unlocked 50% of the, the gear we've been picking up. Yeah, we like we bought loads of light and stuff. Dan's like, yeah, but do you know it does this? We're like, we didn't know it did Don't even know what you bought. It's <laughs> Wait, great. You can, you can dim it. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> you put it on a stand. Yeah, and the last thing that we all shot together that you that you led looks beautiful. It's the uh, all of that L&D content, that sweet, sweet L&D content, which sounds yeah. like every project we do because we do a lot of L&D content. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it's a bit of our niche. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it was a new client and a new setup. We'll get into it a bit later because we use some problem-solving... Oh, yeah. New techniques there and made it look lovely. Um, yeah, but it looks tasty, really tasty. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Who'd What's... have thought using fifty lights in a control studio <laughs> setup? Yeah, would uh, would look great. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing when you see like the kit lined up and it's one person presenting. Yeah, yeah. and you know it looks insane. But then when you put them side by side with you know something people have self shot or you know, shot on a budget. Yeah, there's a big difference. There's a lot, lots of, like, small little strokes and bits and bobs that you're doing here and there to kind of, yeah. like, so it's all layers at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you just, you just build it up from, you know, base set, no no lights, and, yeah, yeah make it look good. Yeah. And, and for this client, it made sense because she's pitching at such, like, a high level with big organisations. Mm. Um, so it has to, you know, the visual quality has to represent also the quality that she's given them as well so yeah, yeah it made sense for it so you've been working on that most of this week in mm. editing because uh you're a talented guy and you can also edit i know which is cool. press all sorts of buttons uh, it's great and then there's i guess you've been planning for the shoot coming up thursday yes. two days from yeah. now lots, lots of gear small little train it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah yeah are you riding first class uh i'm going first class dan's going uh, regular with the gear yeah. Yeah. yeah, all of my own. standard. Yeah, a little yeah. pat mule. He's shoveling yeah. coal in the yeah. back. <laughs> nice. Uh, what have you been on, Drew, this week? So, yeah, I've been doing a bit of uh, post-production on an animated video. Yep. Uses some animated sections, some stock footage, some pre-recorded stuff, and it's kind of combining it all together for a client. And wouldn't normally use stock, but we're using stock in a way where it doesn't really feel super stocky. Yeah. So we're, like, manipulating it quite a lot and... Yeah. adding some extra motion graphics and stuff to make it look tasty. Yeah, because you, you you want to show quite quickly, obviously it's an expansive piece of software, but it's experiential, there's gamification on there. Yeah. And that kind of stuff you can, with animation, you can show it and show the end user interacting with it. Yeah. So it was looking tasty Yeah. from what I saw over your shoulder, peeking. Yeah, cool. So how about you, Rob? What have you been on this week? This week, finishing off... Campaign strategy for one client, ad strategy for another client, and found both of them, although doing it as a team and, you know, getting other people involved, but I've been PMing these, and it's, um, 
kind of challenging. I, I think sometimes breaking a campaign can be something where you get the idea really quick and it's like, oh, that's, that's, I, I like to come from it. I'm a visual guy from a, from an asset. Once I've got, I know the messaging going into it because I've worked with the client on this, but once I've got like key, key asset, like that cornerstone piece, it unlocks everything. And just for the, this one, it took a while, but I got there, you know, persevered and, uh, just, just lent on the team a little bit more for, for their input as well. Yeah. Just to steer it. Yeah. I think part of the issue with the current campaign is the, they, the client kind of seemed to like something that wasn't really them. Yeah. Well. They liked really conflicting things. That yeah. was the problem. Yeah. They, they sort of got lured in by stunt marketing from someone within their field, but then they really wanted to push this service, which is very good but it's quite dry. And so it was trying to bridge those, yeah. really. Um, but I think we got there. I like I, I, I like humour. I love, like, you know, uh, I, I, I like a joke or two. <laughs> Good laugh. <laughs> Good laugh. You know, give me a knock-knock joke sometime, guys. I love I love a bit of humour. I'll have a laugh with you. But at the same time, for certain things, I just want it serious. I just want a serious chat. Yeah. Like, if, I, if I'm getting, like, if I'm going to, like, buy... Uh, I don't know, like a product from somewhere, let's say. Yeah. And like the salesperson is just cracking joke after joke after joke with me rather than like telling me like specs or something like that of what I'm after. Yeah. I'd be like, can I speak to someone else, please? <laughs> I like a joke, but come on, mate. And it did tiptoe into that sensitive nature because it was um, it was around leaders looking inwards and identifying opportunities for improvement, basically weaknesses, you know, and strengths and weaknesses. But you don't want to be making light of that. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So it, it needed a bit of a deft touch. But that's all marketing nonsense. And we're production boys here. So let's get into it. What, yeah. are, we, what are we looking at? What are we talking about this week, Drew? Firstly, you just reveal like gang nickname, <clears throat> production boys. Yeah, the um, PBs. We're going to get some t-shirts made for the next shoot, Dan. Every shoot. Every shoot, production shoot. boys. Um, so yeah, we're going to be chatting about tips, video production tips, yeah. or just production tips uh, that you'll be using in your marketing yeah. and that we use every week. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think these tips are tips we use every single week to save ourselves from sticky situations, you know. Let's not beat around the bush. Sometimes you turn up somewhere and it's... It's not ideal, is it? it it's a yeah. crappy location. Dark room, and, uh, very loud. Often the client has seen your other work, you know, and it might be something we've had full control over in this studio. And they're like, well, that's that's the bar that's been set. Um, but you've landed on location and you've got the only very 80s conference room available to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing is as well, like if you came into this room right now and weren't looking at this setup, but the, where we are sat, if you look yeah. elsewhere in this room, it doesn't look good. It's in, not filming. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's not good for filming. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to dress it a lot, which is exactly what you guys had to do for that shoot we mentioned at the start. Yeah. Mm. So, like, yeah, I think it's fine having a terrible room. It just has to be, like, the scope to dress it, the scope to move things around, change yeah. things around. And I think to be able to do that, you have to know what it's going to look like before you start, before you get there. Yeah, yeah. and you can't, you can't do that in a small room either. If you've got a little box room where you can only just get a camera, a guy, and a, a oh, light yeah, in. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work. Like yeah. you, you need space. Yeah. So tip, sure. tip one or like, or like rule one is show us your room. Like let yeah. us see the space beforehand. Yeah. 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 Find, find out where you're filming and 
because then you can make a plan for it yeah photos as well it's great like i yeah. love it when you get like photos of or you know multiple ones of a room yeah, yeah. so you can look in and think oh what can i do with this like yeah. where can i put stuff plan ahead yeah and also like if it's not going to work you, you can let your client know at that point yeah yeah before yeah. you know you get there and it's yeah. it's not the best it can be yeah and yeah. i think if you're if you're looking at spaces at your place now thinking where could we film or where could we photograph like lots of places within it, I think just need tidying up and a little bit of dressing. Like plants or fake plants go a long way to help a space. Yeah. Just tidying spaces up. Yeah. I think a lot of mistakes people make when they're filming in their own location is they, and I still see it actually, I'm surprised it's not died out. They'll think, oh, we've got a plain white wall. Yeah. We'll stand right next to the plain white no. wall. And and it's like the corporate version of uh, taking a photo of your kid by the door. On their first day of school, the door's better. It's got door, door's better. It's got interest, yes, visual yeah. interest. But they go so close to the wall, and then it's just a plain white wall. Yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no depth. There's nothing interesting there. Yeah. Like yeah. first thing that we do walking in a room like that is we're, we're in the back corner. I like, yeah. always like if you ever, ever see us on a shoot, it's you're not by the wall. Like the you know the the, the presenter, the, the subject's not even by the wall. No, we yeah. we are by the wall, but it's the opposite one to what we're shooting. Like yeah. you want yeah. as much distance between yeah camera and subjects subjects and background as possible yeah. yeah otherwise it just looks flat and kind of kind of boring no i know and i don't i don't know why people do it i but i think it is they they feel like in the space it's not filmic it's and there's th there's ways of doing it so separation's great mm. some of the small conference rooms we've gone to recently is they've been really small but they've had glass or you know the frosted glass backing. yeah some sort of wall yeah and that all that also creates an extra layer of depth yeah, well, it's just like, it's just camera. different texture, isn't it? Like you've got, like, I don't remember, I think that one that you're talking about, there's like a like a blue coloured wall on one side and then sort of a glass front to the, yeah. the conference room at the, at the side. But that works really well because, you know, there's a bit of visual interest between that, isn't it? It's, it's not all uniform. Yeah. Like it's, there's a, you know, there's a bit of difference. There's a bit of separation between them. Yeah, and it yeah. just, just looks nice. It's not, it's not all the same. Yeah. It's not a plain white wall that you're, yeah, backed up to it. Great. So, so de depth and texture, then. Yeah, they're, they're two things you want. You yeah. want depth and texture. Well, we had an issue, and you mentioned it earlier. So, in this room, we wanted to film um, for a few reasons, but mostly uh, just availability. Um, but in here, we've got apart from this very us branded wall, we've got trunking around the whole wall. Yeah, so, very office like. Yeah. So, it's, so it's it's office like, but we've got stuff on every wall so we had to get a bit low-fi yeah. but creative so what did we do Dan? talk us through it so it was, the, it was the opposite corner on this room first thing we did was strip everything out yeah give ourselves some room the main thing was the that fake brick backdrop yeah which you know didn't hit didn't tick all the boxes but it did you know 90 percent of it oh in real life it looked you looked rubbish. <laughs> it looked the, the quality yeah. of it was rubbish it was a bit of a last minute fix because yeah of availability but we wanted that sort of modern office look where yeah, like you know, rustic. Yeah. Th th there's we had a clean black wall and then we wanted something like a brick you yeah know, with it that felt textured yeah, yeah. we just dangled that off the ceiling and it looks great like to, to the eye if you walked in and looked at it in person yeah. it yeah. looked a bit bizarre but you know on camera because it was out of focus and there's you know we created that depth yeah it, it looked great and uh on the on the other side we're just kind of Put some other bookshelves up. Put yeah. a few extra books, plants. Yeah. A little, uh, a little practical light in there. Yeah. Um, 
and you use that to cover up the trunking because yeah. trunking was kind of just creeping into shots so you know we use that yeah. to, to hide it yeah we raised and the it, presenter so it was on a stool at a yeah it was on like, like a, a, bar, a bar, desk bar height yeah. as well so that took a lot of the trunking thing out but you yeah. could just catch a bit of the edge so let's we got rid of it all together with yeah. that positioning yeah. of it yeah. with those things lighting's a consideration 100 if you've got the kit we've got take your time we set up the day before mm. and it was quite an intricate setup wasn't it yeah giving yourself the time like that really allows you to to fine-tune it and make sure you get it right yeah because there's a setup that takes two hours and the setup that takes 20 minutes so we should probably discuss lighting a bit then so i think what might be useful for people listening is you know they won't have kit like this what can they do to make a good lighting setup for them? I would say, I mean, tip number one, it might sound a bit stupid saying it, but it would be just to hire professional people to do it because they will have gear like us. Yeah. Or hire us. But hire someone who has the professional gear. Yeah. And the know-how as well. And the know-how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not just to yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the gear and yeah. lots of ideas. An idea. Yeah. 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 I think I think <clears throat> that works well if you're doing something, you know, big. Yeah. valuable we mentioned that it, for that client mm. we did last week it needed to be high quality yeah. top tier stuff yeah um but if someone's wanting to do more user-generated content and and at if, scale if you want to do a little bit of like ad hoc user-generated stuff yeah and you've you know you've not got the budget or anything to start investing in like gear and stuff you could get yourself like uh, a relatively like simple softbox or of something yeah. like amazon yeah and you could use that as your main fill yeah. and then you could maybe position yourself by like some natural light yeah nice big windows yeah, yeah. exactly yeah uh and, and that and that that will help yeah you know that will help make you look much better than the classic just pointed camera at you yeah you know corner of a room or yeah. something like and that. do a bit of research you know you can you can look at you know three-point lighting and things like that yeah you know nice contrast ratios yeah. and stuff yeah. and it's you know, it might sound a bit of a foreign language, but it's relatively straightforward to understand. And you can see it. Yeah. Like, it, it's quite quick on... You can see when it looks nicer. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if the uh, Android has something similar, but, like, iPhone's got cinematic mode, which gives you that kind of, like, depth of focus and stuff. Yeah. Um. So you could do something like that as well to get, like, get that depth in the shot. You still need actual physical depth yeah. to get that, get that yeah. depth of nice focus. Nice separation Yeah, exactly. Still. Yeah. But that will also help kind of make it a shallow a shallow depth of focus. So you will get that kind of like cinematic look, as it's called cinematic, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that, that will also help a little bit. Um, but then I guess it would just come down to uh, like framing as well. We, yeah. we, we had to correct a bunch of uh, videos, didn't we, recently? Or a, a couple of videos for a client because they got someone else to shoot stuff for them. Oh, yeah, and like the yeah. framing was really weird so it looked like this like grown man was about six years old because he was like just this like tiny little head tiny, poking, yeah. over, a, poking Placed over a table a giant lamp behind his head yeah, yeah. everything felt a little bit honey i shrunk the kids so we had yeah. to like basically correct some stuff with that couldn't obviously correct the framing in post no no um but getting the framing right so trying to keep stuff eye level um I guess just for, I guess just a big tip is just watch actual professional content. Yeah, yeah. watch it critically and yeah. try and like take take things away from it. Yeah. So how are they shooting it? Yeah. So if you look at these shots now, if you go onto our YouTube and look at the shots that we've got, like each of us will have like a relatively nice like kind of eye level shot where we're kind of framed yeah. from like chest up. It's not at a weird angle. No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's super not close, so you couldn't punch in. In, yeah. in post, you might want to punch in every now and again to like hide yeah. cuts. 
So shoot a little bit wider potentially than you would. Yeah. Shooting wider is always something that I think people miss out on because it always makes things feel higher production value than it is. It's very easy just to, I mean, we do it as well. Like you've got a room that's not super nice looking. You put a long lens on, shoot quite tight to hide as much of it as possible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shooting that little bit wider helps it kind of feel that little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more professional. Especially if you've done those earlier tips and you've created that separation, yeah. you've dressed the backdrop a little bit, you know, and you get the right angle, yeah. then showing it is mm. nice. You might only have one phone if you're shooting it on the phone, but get someone else's phone. You've got A cam, B cam. So then you've yeah. got yep. cutting choices. And just, just having that A cam, B cam will help kind of like elevate your content a bit. Yeah. Again, I just want to say it just to be clear, like, again, try and get professional content because you don't have to worry about any of this. And you might then be thinking, but why am I listening to the podcast if we're not going to get these tips to do something ourselves? I think just knowing about all of these things, if you then have a project, you being more informed about how professional people do that service will help you yeah. plan it more yeah. as a person. You can then plan it. So before they even come into the, you know, come into the situation, before they even like get contacts, you can start thinking about spaces you might want to film. Yeah. You don't need to be the person who films it. But if you've got more of like a more of a knowledge, more of like a, you know some context on how yeah. it's actually done properly, yeah. you'll be better suited to actually project manage this type of project for your own company. Yeah. It'll give you a vocabulary as well, so you can you know talk to production people about things and understand what they're saying to you, and be able to explain your ideas or concerns and things mm. to them yeah. as well. And it also really helps with if you've got a project that's really fast turnaround and you've got you know you've done some of that legwork or yeah. you know you've you know where you're heading beforehand like that just it helps you just hit that ground running and just yeah get it off the ground it's, yeah. and, and and valuation as well like you need to know a lot of people might i say a lot of people actually we're discovering not a lot of people but some people have an intrinsic value of knowing what looks good and what doesn't mm. but then it's understanding why so if you build up that knowledge base you'll actually be able to give feedback, valuable feedback, to make things even better yeah. when you're receiving stuff and seeing things. But bring it back to A and B setup. Are there some guiding principles people should know? And, you know, when could they ignore them if they need to ignore them? For A can, B can. A can, A, A can, B can. Framing and make sure um, sort of eye lines match. Yeah. So you, you, don't, you don't want someone nice central eyes at the top of frame sort of thing and then the next one eyes at the bottom of frame like you want to make sure you know whenever you cut to that other other camera that you're not having to dart around for the eyes because the first thing yeah. that you look for, you know you look for anyone like in any human you, your eyes go straight to yeah to someone's someone's face and someone's eyes so that yeah. needs to be uh, you, you always more or say less consistent you always say the eyes are the eyes of the face don't you? <laughs> all the time <laughs> Um, but no, it's a good point. And especially with social media and the rise of video content on there is it's fast paced mm. and people are, you know, they're scrolling and they're looking. So yeah, they want, don't want to be searching around the frame for it. Yeah. They, I hate, I hate looking at my phone, watching a video thinking, where are the eyes? And like, you spend half a video trying to find the fucking <laughs> eyes, don't you? Like, where are the eyes? What are you watching? Are you on their sides again? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think if you're doing an A and B as well, I think like I would go wider A, tighter on B. It's just a classic A B shot. Mm. Um, if you go if you do the opposite, it can feel really weird. Basically, yeah, you don't yeah. want them side by yeah. side, more if, or less. As, you know, same focal length. Uh, unless, you, unless there's a real like creative reason for doing it, yeah. then yeah, that's what I meant by know the principles. But that because then you can understand 
if it's worth breaking them. Yeah. Again, like watch some documentaries. Documentaries are great for that kind of like AB setup. They'll have like C and D cams as well in there, yeah. where they have like funkier shots involved. Yeah. Did you see the the Michael Jordan doc? No. Uh, check out the behind the scenes. We'll put it on screen for anyone okay. watching on YouTube. Uh, it's crazy. It's like a big rig, and it's got like eight or nine cameras on it. Nice. It's still like different angles. Yeah, it's crazy. Just just kept it on A cam for the edit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't use any of the other eight. <laughs> the others are just redundancy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've chatted framing, lighting, a little bit, uh, audio. Yeah, it's always the forgotten one, isn't it? Yeah, and it it's strange because people will put up with bad image quality if the audio is mm. good, but not not the other way around with video, right? Yeah, well, no. look, look at most like video podcasts now. Like, obviously, most video podcasts are the audio quality is pretty good, and then the yeah. video quality is, is like webcam quality most of the time. Yeah. And that's fine because a a you're mostly listening to it, well you're you're watching it because it's video podcast. It's an audio first it's for the content, premium, I and guess, as long yeah. as you can like hear the content properly, yeah. And I'm saying that talking like I've got a cold, so I'm really muffled and snuffled. Yeah. But if as long as you can like hear the uh, hear the content properly, it's fine. Like the the visual side, and it sounds daft a visual marketing agency saying it. Visual side doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. Watch Blair Witch or something like that. Yeah. Video quality is mm. mental. Yeah, but the audio is Hollywood standard, yeah. so yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So, it, like, it makes sense. So, so it sounds good. It you know, it yeah. feels okay. Yeah. If my my it, only rebuttal with that is YouTube have now overtaken Spotify as the place people go for their podcasts. So, I think we will see a rise in quality there. Oh, and but, it, and yeah. The quality is always going to get better, but still, like you yeah. watch, like you watch, like is it like Social Chain or something? Yeah. It's basically like webcam quality, but it doesn't matter because you're just there for the content. Yeah. Yeah. You, then, you, you, yeah. you take the video away, and you've still got. You still got the content value, yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That is it's still a but it is, thing. it is also because that makes sense with yeah. that. With, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. with that thing. If if we were then saying, oh, well, why don't we just have like Netflix documentaries just all shot on webcams or something? Like yeah, that? it doesn't quite make sense because the platform, the the way that you're viewing it is different. Yeah, you're viewing a different kind of like you know medium. Yeah, um, but for a video podcast, you don't have to go as extreme as we have, where yeah. with like a proper set and no. everything. Mm -hmm. We just do because we can. Yeah. Well, with the with the videos, then you can't quite do what we said at the start with send us a photo, because I mean you can gauge from the photo that mm. looks echoey if it's a bare big glass bare room, yeah, room or something where you know there'll be a lot of reverb, yeah. Uh, but even then, you don't really know. But rooms generally with objects in are better, right? Yeah. Carpeted rooms are better. What I are think the... as well, just knowing where that room is in a building helps massively yeah, like we, the we did one, the, yeah the other noise, week where yeah. it was next to a train track where you know trains or trams or something came past yeah. every 20 minutes or so that was a problem yeah and as well it was right by the canteen of the entire building so yeah. there's lots of footfall going you know yeah. forward and back just you know it was it was fine we managed to walk around it but yeah. knowing that beforehand and being able to suggest oh could we do it somewhere else an alternative yeah, room for it yeah you know it always helps I on that on that shoot, I actually oh. used a tip that you came up with, Drew, on on another shoot, where it was to make sure it's contextualized that background noise because it's not it, it's not distracting from you know the focus if you know why there's other yeah. noise. So that's why our C cam on the day was nice and wide where we could see people through those frosted yeah, those glass, glass yeah. walking through. So you're like, oh, the occasional footstep makes sense because they're in this yeah. busy hub. And it actually, you know, it was all about 
um, employees coming together and talking more. So it all made mm. sense for the video. Uh, and you did something similar with a, a live environment, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a shoot where it was just people walking around the camera nonstop talking, yeah. yelling away. So we had a camera just showing them, basically. Yeah. And, you know, there's some times where noises get so loud they do interrupt. So yeah. you got to redo a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's part, part, part of the gig. Yeah. We also have, like, very directional mics, so we can get around it quite a bit. Yes, mm. yeah. And and good software in post for cleaning it up. Yeah. yeah. Last uh, resort, though, I think get it right on the day. Oh, yeah. 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 So if you were doing it yourself, and if we're going back to, like, the DIY kind of, like, side to it, yeah um you can you can pick up like relatively cheap like lapel mics again off something like amazon just you know that will Even go if it goes go, into your phone go straight into your phone exactly yeah. yeah so you could do something like that that'll give you better audio than just going yeah. into the thing that you're talking to because yeah. obviously there's there's less distance between you and the thing that's recording yeah typically you want you want the mic as close to the source as possible don't you yeah because uh if you're using the the mic on your phone the phone's probably going to be it does so much weird processing as well with trying to boost voices but at yeah. a distance but also you know reduce outside noise as well yeah it's so kind of it's kind of doing a lot yeah. of that post stuff on the fly and not doing it great yeah i would say yeah. with lapelling as well don't worry about trying to hide it it's not a hollywood movie where you need to try and like skin tape i think just have it oh don't hold fine. it see that on tiktok oh, all the yeah, time it's like hold people it, yeah. holding it no just clip, clip, it, clip on, it on clip it on yeah buy two plug one in use that clipped on then hold one that isn't plugged in yeah so then you get that tiktok vibe as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it down with the kids i mean we could talk about this forever but let's do some you know rapid fire tips what have you got so not really a video production one but something that will get you prepped for video production is just to plan the content that you want to film yeah plan it really really well so one of the things we often get with people is if they um let's say they lead like uh sessions or they have like events or something they have stuff basically where like lots of people are going to come and they want to film like an amount of those people yeah. Certain amount of yeah, those yeah, people. yeah yeah they will often think that oh it's basically like the what is it like the million monkeys eventually typing shakespeare or something like if you yeah. film enough people you're eventually going to get some really good sound bites yeah Yes, you might get some good stuff. You might get some people who are amazing at being interviewed. Yeah. But knowing exactly what you want to get from them before yeah. you even start filming yeah. is the best way to ensure you're going to get it. Yeah. The people who are doing the interviews can then ask leading questions. Yeah. If they ask someone and they almost get an answer that they want, they can re-ask it. They yeah. can pry. They can say, yeah. oh, could you mention something around this? Yeah. Which, I've, I've facilitated loads. And the easiest way is ask questions and you know, you can pre, you can tell people beforehand, like we're looking for an answer around this subject. So you can ask the leading question, they can give it you back. And a big thing is if it goes long, like quite long, their answer, but it's good, then say, brilliant, let's do it one more time and just paraphrase it. Just, just give us like, you know, a, a 10 second version of yeah. that. And the paraphrase thing is so important as well, because you're never really going to hear the person asking the question. Yeah. So let's say that you are going out now to like film something Let's say you've got like an event, you've got an, you've got an expo stand, you're going to film yeah. some people around it to create a little bit of content for yourselves, for your socials. People aren't, you're, you're rarely going to uh, hear the question being asked. Yeah. So you want to be able to paraphrase it. Yeah. So for instance, if the question was something like, you know, what have you loved about today? Today, or, today I've loved seeing all these wonderful yeah. people back out. Yeah. That kind of thing. Whereas you often get people just saying something like the talks, 
you can't really use that yeah. much. You're going to have to have something to set that up. Yeah. Making sure that person's paraphrasing that question back. If you've got loads of people being interviewed and it is like, like an event or something like that, so you're going to have a bunch of people ask, being asked the same question. As long as you've got two or three paraphrasing it, you're fine. We're yeah. trying to get everyone to paraphrase it. Yeah, yeah. We did a shoot a little while back where it was uh, someone leading an interview. And it was like, uh, the questions were like, uh, so what's your name? And rather than a person saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, they would just say, Emily. Yeah. And that would be it. And then it would be like, uh, how long have you been coming here for? Rather than saying, I've been coming here for, it was just two years. Yeah. So the, the, the stuff you've got to use in the video is Emily, two years. <laughs> like it's mental doesn't work you can't use that yeah unless you're making a hostage video yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i think so just distilling that again then it's getting people to paraphrase questions back if you're doing like interview setups yeah. um knowing exactly what you want to get from interviews yeah. or just filming content so then you can make sure you're going to get that rather than just kind of filming loads of stuff and hoping for the best yeah know exactly what you're gonna uh but know exactly what you want to get plan it all out beforehand yeah and you are much more likely to succeed in getting that content and you get it done quicker as well. Like if you know what you're going for, yeah. you're not going to sort of spend half the time in the edit figuring out you know, yeah. what you can make yeah. work. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're more targeted with it, like it just makes the whole process like so much yeah. quicker. Yeah, so, so much easier. And but but the guided questions great as well because it it allows for that opportunity of something you haven't thought of that that works well, but you just have to have an ear for it and spot that opportunity. But also do it within that contained environment. So you can do it on time mm. and you can do it nice and nice and swiftly and efficiently, I guess, is the big thing. Especially if, if you're in an instance where you're trying to capture, you know, 20 people's opinions on something. Yeah. So I think the final tip is sort of from a principle that you would use in traditional filmmaking, which is shoot for the edit. And what I mean in this sort of corporate marketing context is understand the content you're putting out. Yeah. Um, and part of that will influence you know how much you shoot you know you, you should log it as you shoot so you know you're meeting that criteria for, depending on where you're putting the content out so i guess we're talking duration feeds into that yeah we, we're jumping off the planning your content knowing exactly what you want people to say yeah it jumps into getting that kind of like uh getting the durations down one of the things you don't want to do is shoot you know six hours worth of footage yeah. when you know the end goal is you want like a a reel for instagram yeah, because you're going to have to cut so much stuff out. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side of it is, if obviously you shot loads and loads of stuff, you could get loads and loads of reels out if that was the plan, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of the times we get people and we say we want to, you know, cover, you know, these four events. We want to condense it down into a ninety-second show reel. Yeah. We can definitely do that. Yeah. But I think uh, a lot of the times as well, it's just it's a lot of baggage. Yeah. Where if you if you just knew what you wanted to get, if you wanted to shoot like you say shoot for the edit yeah you can you know pay the professionals less because it's fewer sh fewer shoot days yeah uh and you can get everything out quicker yeah you need, you need to know what you what you want to get out of it like so you say like with that 90 second video why do you want it to be 90 seconds like you, is that just like an arbitrary number or yeah. is that actually going to work for you know what you're going to get is it is it platform point? specific is yeah, that why exactly. you're going for that amount yeah, or is it just yeah. like you know that like 90 seconds is a video that you've a, a, dura a video yeah. duration that you've seen a few times recently yeah. or something like that. What is the point? How long you think it is isn't always how long it should be. Like there's there's always a version of it that can be. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a there's a two a two minute video can fly by, mm. and then a thirty second video can drag if it's not engaging. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, or catches yeah. you at the right place. It might not be on the right platform for mm. it. 
Um, and even if you know you're going to shoot more stuff, you can plan a series, but it's planned, you know, and it's there for a reason. And, and sometimes the math just doesn't add up. We had it recently where they wanted, you know, six people interviewing and it was like 17 questions per person. And they was like, yeah, this is a, to make a 60 second thing. And you're like, what what are we doing? Just choosing one word from every person it, it just didn't work out so yeah. it, it just wasn't considered they hadn't planned for the edit basically yeah so, super quick recap then of all the th- all the tips we've just gone through let's go so we've got you know let's shoot for the edit plan the content you want to get know exactly the kind of answers you want to get from people so you can give leading questions yeah. get them to paraphrase things back to you so you've got more kind of uh more edit room more more leeway in the edit yeah. um you can use things in isolation as well um, look at your lighting. Obviously, you know, if you're not hiring professionals to do stuff, you need to do stuff DIY. You can pick up some lighting gear, some audio gear off some, something like Amazon. Yeah. A little softbox for a fill yeah. would be great. Or even a window and a reflector. Even even a window and, and a bounce, yeah, a reflector, yeah. that would be great as well, yeah. Um, if you're using like a little lapel mic, you can plug them into phones or iPads or anything like that directly. Yeah. Just get it as close to your mouth as possible. Yeah. Check out the room you're going to shoot in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, try and create that separation from you to the object object or subject subject to the background as well mm. yeah do if something the, with that background make yeah. it look nice yeah don't rule out you know as we saw even very rushed crappy printed yeah fake brick background because with the right camera use that depth of field that you mentioned that you know mobile phones carry now um use that because that that'll that'll you know make everything look a bit better mm. anyway and yeah. then and then when all that fails just realize you should have hired a professional yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That is a good consideration because if you're trying to promote your new product or service that you've spent, you know, hundreds of thousands on R&D and you want so many people to pay you a premium for this thing, you've got to give it the chance and the quality touch. Yeah, you're going to spend yeah. a lot longer doing it yourself as well. So, and, and then you're only going to go and hire a professional yeah. anyway once you so, see yeah. the results. Wasted some money, wasted some time. Yeah. yeah. So this was basically like a 35-minute podcast just to get to the end and say, just hire professionals. Yeah. <laughs> That's the TLDR, baby. <laughs> <laughs>